Hello and welcome to the Practical Magic Podcast, a weekly dive into ways in which we can live a calmer, more creative and empowered life on our own terms. I'm Kate Taylor, Creativity and Empowerment Coach, and I'm on a mission to help us live an embodied life full of creative expression through my blended melting pot of goodness I call Practical Magic. So on today's show, I am talking to Pandora Paloma, who is an intuitive nutritionist, life coach and founder of Rooted London. And Pandora specializes in women's health, intuitive eating and living and self-love empowerment. She's known for her intuitive approach and she works to support individuals to return to their roots, their true form and in turn, their true potential. She's a big believer in listening to your body and feeding your soul, believing that optimum health starts with loving yourself, your body and your mind. We've got a brilliant conversation today. We're going to be talking about all things body awareness, intuitive living, the difference between intuition and instinct, which is really fascinating how the two work together. So do enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, lovely Pandora. I'm so pleased you're here today and it's such an honour. We've um, we've kind of had a bit of an Instagram love up over the last few months, six months or so. You know, when you're kind of lurking and you see people and you're following what they're doing and then when you speak to them, it's like, oh, hello, soul. It's nice to meet you again. How wonderful. <laughs> exactly. I think you just know, don't you? Like, oh, I think I'd like to know. I'd like to know this person. In IRL. <laughs> so I wondered if you could um, just give us a brief intro to yourself and a bit of a backstory as to why you do what you do, Pandora. Yeah, of course. So um, I am an intuitive nutritionist and life coach. Um, I trained initially as a nutritionist um, after working for many years in PR, um, sort of fashion and beauty PR. And um, I sort of hit 26 and thought is this is this is this what I want <laughs> um and I'd always been very interested in sort of health um and nutrition particularly so I went and trained um but it was only when I started practicing um that obviously clients would come in and and I was always sort of quite 360 with my approach so you know I want to look at what you're eating but also I want to look at how you are um we know what's going on with you is there stress is there emotional stuff um and so I sort of found that actually a lot of what people were coming in with and a lot of what people were carrying wasn't necessarily to do with food, um, but other things that were maybe um, creating sort of blocks and struggle in their lives. So I then trained um, in the life coaching and sort of in and around that, I um, worked on um intuitive eating as well which is something I, I specialize in um so the the whole kind of concept of the brand now is that it's intuitive eating and living so how can we learn to eat um in a way that nourishes us but equally kind of really throws out the rule book um to foods in the way that we feel that, that we feel that we should feel about our bodies um but then also how can we use these tools to you know live in a more intuitive life um and so, yeah, that's that's what I do. Um, the, the sort of food stuff came, the intuitive eating stuff came from um, me having quite a disordered um, eating patterns as a child. A couple of times, actually, it sort of hit me um, sort of about 13, 14, and then again about 18. Um, and intuitive eating as a, as a concept really worked for me. Um, and so I really wanted to sort of share that with, with the world 
um, along with all of the other things that I had learned as a nutritionist and obviously as, as a coach as well. Yeah, and it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's really important work and I haven't seen this anywhere else before, this idea of intuitive living and eating because why wouldn't they be connected? You know, so much of the way that we consume and nourish or not nourish our body is related to our emotional, physical, spiritual well-being, isn't it? So what is it that you notice between that link of disconnection and maybe the way that we eat? Well, what I certainly find is when there is um, any sort of disordered eating, it tends to never really be about the food. It's always something else that's going on. Um, So there's almost sort of a, a... a a disconnection in the way that we're eating and the way that we're living but once we learn to live in uh, eat intuitively a lot of those tools can obviously be used then in life um when we find that there's people who are overeating for example they tend to be feeding something whether that's something that's not being felt or um or perhaps not being um, facilitated in their life. You know, it could be that they're really missing creativity or they're really um, missing touch and love. Um, And so they'll feed with food um, in order to kind of, um, you know, make make them feel secure in a sense. Um, But then on the flip side, I see quite a lot of clients who eat food as a way to make them feel quite small because, you know, they're they're quite scared to shine or they don't quite know how to live their authentic self. And so by by eating food and overeating, they they feel that they're keeping themselves small. That comes up quite a lot, actually. Um, And then you have the flip side of people who are very controlling with food um, because perhaps other areas of their life don't feel that they're very in control and food is the one thing that they that they can control. So whilst, you know, there's often a disconnection, it connects in the sense that, you know, food is almost used as a tool to fix other, other things that might be going on. Um, and it is a very interesting concept because we all have very different associations to food. Um, you know what I remember as a child will be very different to what you remember and how you were brought up um, eating dinner at the table will be very different to how I was and and all of these where you know everything that we've learned as we've gone along from from childhood up to you know what we see on on the gram is going to have an effect on how we eat a but also how we feel about our bodies Um, and that's sort of what I try and kind of pick apart a little bit and get people to sort of break down you know peel off those layers break it down and then create their own rules about how they want to eat and how they want to feel about their body um so yeah it's it's fascinating yeah and absolutely huge because as you're talking I can just feel my whole body going "Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense because you know I really recognize myself in what you're talking about there and I think that what you're talking about in terms of wanting to feel something or keeping yourself small I know mentally that I've gone through relationships with food where I because I I eat for comfort and I you know a long time when I was going through a a, a grief period it was to try and feel something or comfort something down or suppress something down even that that 
wanted to come out that I wasn't allowing to but also the idea of keeping yourself small by you know I really recognize that I've I've found myself mentally going oh well if I just carry on eating as much as I am maybe I'll make myself as big as possible because that will then become my thing mm, right yeah. it's you know it's just this I it just makes no sense to me why we have a diet industry where we're told you know eat this low low calorie food or take this pill to make yourself slimmer or suppress your appetite when it's not about that at all we have to look at what's going on with us so how do you do that with your with your clients like where do you start with that I tend to start with sort of doing a bit of a um, bit of a Q&A backwards you know so what was your first memory of, of food how were you brought up you know what and certainly what are your food rules and a lot of people maybe think that they don't have food rules but then of course I hear the words well you know sometimes I have a good day and then you know by four o'clock I just start eating chocolate and instantly it's like well what, what constitutes a good day what's a bad day you know you have to start unpicking all of these ways that they talk about food and talk about themselves um good and bad is one of them you know a lot of people who maybe completely miss out food groups so I don't really eat carbohydrates and then you have to kind of question why and a lot of the time it's oh well I I sort of read something that you know um said that I that that, you know you'd lose more weight for example and then of course you say well how do you feel when when you don't eat carbs well I actually feel quite tired and so forth, do you know what I mean? You start to really unpick all of these mentalities that they've created. And and really, I try and connect the dots. So um, to give you an example, I had um, a, a client quite recently whose mum was quite controlling around food. She was very slim. Um, and so this, this client always felt like she had to sort of um, do, do as her mum did. But of course because there wasn't chocolate and sweets in the house it made her binge when she had them so there was this kind of you know I I restrict therefore when I have it I binge um and and this cycle had kind of you know gone on and on and on and what she'd done is end up creating this cycle now with her husband so she was hiding um herself eating food from her husband and I was like you realize that he's just become your mother um in this situation so it you know, I'm sort of helping people identify where these diet mentalities may have come from, but also kind of unpicking them and then giving them obviously the tools to move forward. So, you know, writing their own rules, um, creating a food diary and actually trying to really engage with the senses. You know, how does food make you feel? What does this food make you feel like when you eat it? Um, getting people to slow down is a big thing. Honouring your hunger um we we have a tendency to overeat we have a tendency to undereat once we've overeaten so it's this sort of vicious cycle um and that is the diet mentality you know we we eat too much then we starve ourselves and then because we starved ourselves and restricted we then want to eat more and so the cycle continues um so yeah they're just sort of some some of the ways um but then on a more kind of coaching aspect it's in getting them to engage with body positivity whether that's through affirmations or meditation or um, something like a mirror image where I get them to actually talk to their body Um, I get them to start by talking to the bits that they love because that tends to be an easy place to start or an easier place to start and then they can work through and start talking to the to the, the bits of their body that they maybe don't like as much and over time you know they start to really appreciate all of their body and everything that it 
um, that it does for them on a daily basis. I think this is so, 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 so important because, you know, you ask a lot of people what their relationship is with their body and it's usually a negative one, isn't it? They take the whole vessel and they go, well, I don't like this and I don't like this and this is, and there's so much unconscious programming going on like what you're talking about you know those old patterns that we've got we've unconsciously picked up maybe from other people or you know modeling from the world around us and how that then gets put onto ourselves and our you know how we feel about ourselves and then how that externalizes to how we feel about the world is huge and I think what you're doing in terms of your work needs to be everywhere you know, this this is education, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And I and I feel like so I was thinking something the other day actually, you know, like when you see one of those, um, they call them memes, don't they? Like, um, you know, you squat so that you can drink champagne or something along those lines, this kind of like all or nothing approach. And there's a quite a few people out there who are like, This is really bad, this is really bad. And I'm like, it is, but it is in jest. And I think actually that is part of the problem, but I think the bigger problem is that we need to educate. Uh, women in particular to learn to love their bodies and see things like that those silly memes um as 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 being a joke do you know what I mean it's not the truth the problem is I think that a lot of people do see that as the truth well I'll go to the gym because I know I'm going out for dinner tonight and I want to eat some pizza but actually if we just started to love our bodies and and, and eat intuitively we'd be like I'm gonna have pizza and I'm gonna enjoy it you know, I always say, would you rather eat mung beans on your own or pizza with friends? Well, hopefully the latter. Um, and there is a big education piece that needs to happen. You know, we are all a different shape and size. Like, that's just fact. And what works for you is not going to work for somebody else. Um, some people thrive on a vegan diet. Some people thrive on a high fat diet, you know. And it, it really is about understanding what works for you. But we're so cluttered. There's so much information out there. Um, of what we should and shouldn't have, and and I think that's what makes it so confusing for people. They've they've just completely lost touch with communicating with their bodies, um, and you know that your intuition comes in, in various forms, isn't it? And and through the body is one of them. You know that nigg- that niggle in the shoulder, that that you know tickly feeling in the stomach. You know what's that saying? Um, and and I have a lot of clients who will eat and eat and eat, and then. You know, like I just it is to you know in a sense maybe to feel numb or to feel something or um and you know it, it, it's almost like they don't quite know where their hunger sits you know am I actually even hungry um I worked with one client who who was so scared of being hungry because food was quite sparse when she was young that she just had forgotten the last time she had actually felt hungry she never allowed herself to feel hungry um and yeah, you know, things like that, you know, it does take time just peeling back those layers. Um, but I don't know, I, you know, even I maybe have a couple of friends who just don't even think about food at all. But um, even, you know, pretty much everyone I know will say, oh, you know, I probably need to lose a bit of weight for the summer. Why? Why, why do you need to do that? You know, so it's interesting that even those people who you think come out across as confident and I find actually it's the ones that tend to come across as you know the most confident tend to have the the most insecurities when it comes to their body yeah and there's been so much going on you know it's it's I don't want to blame it all on advertising it's got a lot to do with 
what happened in the well just as long as there's been magazines around where you know somebody has decided in order to sell a product that you have to look a certain way or trends in body shapes etc etc and there's all this external information coming in at us all the time there's our old stories there's our old patternings from you know what we had when we were growing up and our unconscious minds kind of just going putting the stoppers on things or there's just so much to take on but I think what's really important in what you're talking about is that intuition like being guided by your body you know you you and I talk about very much the same things when you talk about listening in being aware of where that niggle is I talk about it in in terms of if something is going on in your life and it doesn't feel right, like where are you feeling that in your body? Mm-hmm. What kind of sensation are you getting? How does to what's going on in the in the world? Because the body is the one that's got all of the wisdom. So could you yeah. share a bit more with us about that in terms of intuitive living from a nutrition point of view and tuning into the body? I mean, we all have an intuition, just like we have a digestive system, a cardiovascular system, sensory system. You know, we all have intuition. It's a tool that we're born with. Um, and I think really it's about tapping into um, t- tapping into those those feelings I call them um, so you've got sort of the, the feelings the sensations in the body but also things like the I call them whispers from the universe um, you know thoughts that come pop into your mind at the right time or you know chance bumping into somebody um, when you were thinking of them or, or or that you know knowing that they might be able to help you on the project that you're working on um, when it comes to the body um you know, your body will always know that sort of you, you might find a niggle in, in the shoulder and that might indicate that you're carrying some weight, you know, or there's a there's a burden somewhere. Um, and is that your burden or is it maybe somebody else's? You know, um, generally, if we have anything going on at the front of the body, it's sort of maybe a worry about moving forwards. And obviously the back of the body potentially could indicate that there's something going on in the past that you're perhaps worried about. Um, and then you can sort of break it down even further, really. Um, things like, um, things on the right side being sort of more feminine on the left, maybe more masculine. Um, and then let's see things like feeling quite hot, um, itching, any sort of dry skin, throat stuff that can sometimes be a signal of a poor, poor sort of functioning masculine energy. Um, whereas if you sort of feel cold or you feel a bit sluggish, it can often indicate, um, sort of poorer functioning in, in the feminine energy. Um, the right side might feel weak versus the left, or you might be holding something in the neck, which might indicate perhaps, um, on a nutrition point of view, thyroid, but um, in a sort of energetic point of view, perhaps self-expression or an, an inability to speak speak your truth. Um, so a lot of these things will be ways that uh, the body's communicating with us. Um, and so the way that I will work normally is I work as a nutritionist. So people might come to me for solely nutrition and it could be fertility problems or hormone imbalance or, um, I don't know, you know, skin problems. Um, but I'll always kind of try and work on what else is maybe going in in the body and also what that, what these, um, symptoms might signify with other things that are going on in their life. Um, 
because as I say a lot of the time it's the the body will kind of show those signs first sometimes when I see it with skin it tends to be the last place that the body is is trying to signal because the skin is sort of um, especially around on the face it's almost like you know things could be going on internally um, but the last place that they're going to come out is the skin it's almost like their way of trying to really um, sort of break free if people are starting, if they've listened to this and they're starting to take notice um, of what's going on and where they might be getting a, an ongoing or recurring pain, what, what should they do? Should they start journaling it? Should they just start recognizing it? I, I talk about in the morning, just sitting with yourself and asking your body what you what your body needs. So what would you suggest? What kind of tips would you give? Yeah, that's that's very much what I ask people to do in the morning, certainly around sort of intuitive eating aspect of things. Um, you know, what does your body need today? How are you feeling? And that should determine what you're going to eat for your breakfast, how you might get to work. Um, there's a lot of, well, I should be doing this in our culture. Um, you may have booked to go to the gym at 7am and then you wake up at 6.30 and you think, do you know what? I'm exhausted. Um, listen to your body. Don't expect to just, you know, don't expect your body to just do everything that you want it to do, that the mind wants it to do. Um, ask your body what it needs that day. And then I'll always recommend an intuitive body scan. So I, I find a lot of clients potentially have a bit of a disconnection between the body and the mind so it's really good to take time to do something like a, an intuitive body scan just like a, an x-ray scan we go through the body to look at specific medical details this scan um, works to provide more of a sort of energetic portrait um, so you can see sort of maybe where you feel a bit of tightness start from the toes and work your way up to the crown of the head um, and this can also help you sort of develop your intuition by using your body to sort of decode any sort of inner conditions that might be um, stopping you to be your true self or certainly um, it allows you to kind of feel those messages and it's a really powerful tool I think to sort of what I think as of um, health and, and healing. I absolutely love that so an intuitive mindful body scan and the great thing about doing that is that you start to really develop that intuitive listening to the body rather than the mind chatter which goes on and with that in mind so how would you suggest that people start recognizing the difference between mind chatter and body intuition is there a distinct difference between that listening in like I I feel um with myself particularly when I'm I'm working with clients is developing the knowledge of the different tones of the voices that we have in inside of us so how would you notice the difference between mind chatter and body communication yeah so when you've got things like mind chatter um a lot of that tends to be driven generally i find by fear um and so the the two ways that you can kind of understand it is that intuition as a feeling feels very neutral neutral whereas anything that's mind chatter or coming from a fearful place tends to feel quite emotional it tends to feel quite um sorry um yes yeah, so quite emotional and quite quite heavy um whereas yeah intuition will be sort of more unemotional and it will feel quite expansive um a task to do that is to if you want to determine um sort of any sort of fear or mind chatter from um, intuition imagine a time that you felt really happy 
and notice the feelings as you visualize, you know, how special you felt, how loved you felt, how abundant you felt. This will feel really expansive. And this is your intuition. And then if you think about something that scares you or that you find negative, like these sort of mind chatter, um, then that will feel quite restrictive um, and maybe quite a shrinking feeling. And that tends to come from a place of fear. Um, Mind chatter will just be there to keep the mind busy, but it won't necessarily be giving you answers. It will be overthinking. Overthinking is the opposite to using intuition. Um, because intuition is just a feeling or knowing a sense of knowing overthinking is um, you know all of the thoughts that surround that so in a way if that's what you're doing do that's how you're feeling another task is to get all of that stuff out on paper all of that overthinking down post-it notes grids whatever you need to do to kind of process and then you can declutter the mind you can find a bit of silence and then you um offer the ability you know offer the intuition the ability to come in intuition expansive mind chatter ego whatever you want to call it contractive and then getting all of that you know because it is it is on constant dialogue isn't it that the mind chatter but if we can get it all out um and chloe brotheridge in one of our previous um episodes was talking about each actually having some time for that and giving yourself if you like worry time that you can just go for it just get it all out and expel it for a while so it's a bit like purging it isn't it and it allows the space the silence allows the space for the intuitive feeling and voice to come through and it is it is exercise like anything else isn't it you know I always talk about like this is going to the brain gym it is exercise as much as anything else but it's a really good one for really getting to that tuning in of the root of who we are and and what we're here to do that expansiveness yeah completely and I think people see that as a negative thing sort of the um you know, mind chatter, overthinking, yes, it can be negative and it can sort of go on and on and on and on. But actually, it's really good to identify that we know that it is overthinking, that it is mind chatter. Um, and then we learn from that. And then next time it happens, we're like, aha, I know what this is. Okay, here's how I deal with it. You know, I think acknowledgement is the first step. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can have much healthier conversations with yourself, can't you? It's just, you know, it's, it's a brilliant way of doing it. You know, I, I'm, I'm, in constant talk with myself you know I've got this constant conversation going on with myself now this idea of intuition we've talked about kind of how we can start exercising and get body awareness and get this connection into it can you maybe tell me the difference or tell us the difference between intuition and instinct for example is instinct a survival mechanic whereas intuition is a connection to our higher or deeper consciousness yeah I mean there's a lot of conversation about the difference between instinct and intuition um I think for for me the instinct is something that um is a very sort of quick quick knowing whereas with intuition it's 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 it feels it it does feel more maybe expansive than that it's a real um uh it's a it's a feeling it's a I should do this um because this is exactly what where I need to be um instinct is like for me that the quick fix decisions uh or not the quick fix the, the quick decisions so 
yeah, that's for me. That's a hundred percent. I'm going to do that, or I'm going to buy that, or this is the right, um, this is the right place to work. You know those things. Whereas intuition, I think, is more of a um, a sort of a, a, a bigger feeling, and it sort of works with the body as well. So you know, we might be able to um, feel into it a bit more. We might be able to. <clears throat> Um, see it a bit more we might see the signs so you know um, you might find that you are thinking of changing career and then you know something pings into your inbox or a friend tells you about a job opening at where they're working and you're like ah that for me is sort of where intuition is talking to you um, whereas instinct I find is sort of the decision um, the quick decision um, kind of method yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because we often talk about, it's still body connection, isn't it? Because we often talk about, oh, gut instinct and it living in the gut. And obviously, gut is where we've got a, a lot of brain cells. It's where our solar plexus is. It's that wisdom of knowing which sits in the center of our core. So I love what you're saying there. And then again, how that energetically, like you can have a, a quick instinct like yes I know this is right and then work with intuition to feel it through a little bit more I've I often work with clients and they might and you know I love working with instinct because it's often so spot on you know it will get it and then what will happen is the mind will start going oh but I'm not sure because you know what this happened before and what went wrong and la 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 you know mind chatter but if you work with instinct and then your intuition that's a beautiful combination isn't it yeah completely it's almost like it gives you the, the 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 sort of the first step and then once you can open those doors um and it's only ever fear that comes in to give you that mind chatter oh well I'm not sure about that you know what happened last time but as I've said you learn from these mistakes you know you know you know that that was the wrong path to go down because x y happened but actually you learnt from it um so yeah instinct sort of gives you that first step and then intuition can kind of help guide you to that place a prime example is i've literally just received um an email from someone who came to one of my workshops about a year ago and um she works in fashion and she's she's now sort of looking at doing um something else and she said you were completely right like you know intuition has has led me here and it's taken me a bit of time but I just knew that this wasn't where I wanted to be and now a year later I'm like I'm fed up of feeling that this I'm going to do something about it and that's sort of where what intuition does I find it sort of it will lead you to the right place and sometimes it will lead you there in a straight line sometimes it might take you around the houses a little bit but you'll get to the end destination and that's the beauty of it love it so leading an intuitive life I mean and this is the thing about intuition because there's that meme isn't there I told you so said intuition is that you can't ignore it it doesn't matter how much you know and like you say whichever way you get to it your intuition will guide you to a place which is expansive for you so what give us three tips that we might be able to use in everyday life for being guided by our intuition Okay, so definitely feel your feelings. Um, notice when you're rejecting your feelings. Um, if you do have um, feelings that feel overwhelming, get them down on paper. Um, you know, allow yourself to kind of try and process them, negative or good. Um, 
I would try and develop a healthy meditation practice. I find that that's one of the easiest, quickest ways for you to find that stillness. Um, there's lots of tools out there. I give um, lots of sort of guided meditation specifically to engage with intuition as part of my program and my work with clients. Um, and, and that tends to be um, a sort of really a sort of easier way to start engaging with the body, with the mind. Um, and then thirdly, this is one of my favorite ones, actually. Um, allow yourself to daydream. Sort of allow yourself to think about your life and where it's going without having an agenda necessarily. This isn't like, you know, sitting down and having a life coaching session. This is just you thinking about where you are, where you might like to be. Who knows? You might be, you know, moving to Australia and surfing every day. And if that's what you want to daydream about, then that's what you want to daydream about. Um, but I find that just the... The, the process of daydreaming allows us to start um, engaging with the, with the mind in, in sort of a way that this is actually maybe where I'd like to be and this is what I could do. Um, and it's just quite nice for you to sort of have, you know, a bit of a play around with, with thinking about, you know, um, where life could go. Um, I myself used to be, and I still am, I love just, just doing nothing and just daydreaming. And obviously my daydreaming now tends to be stuff that I'm sort of trying to visualise and trying to manifest. Um, but I just really allow myself to go there and it's a really creative process um, that's very enjoyable. I love daydreaming. Thank you so much for bringing that one in because it is so important. It just allows ourselves a bit of space and a bit of fun and creativity to dream about anything. And whilst you can dream and manifest what you're bringing in, it's also, I quite like going down the path of what would have happened if I had done something differently and not in a negative way, in a very expansive way, because there's another way of tuning into the intuition and learning so much richness about, you know, what paths we've taken in life and what gratitude we can have for the decisions that we've made. And that's another way of, of tuning into intuition, isn't it? Yeah, completely. And I think as well, like I work a lot with inner child, um, with with clients because a lot certainly around um, our relationship with food a lot of it can come from um, inner child continuing to call the shots in adult life and I find that you know if you look back to when you were a child I mean I was full of daydreams yes I sit in my room and play with my dolls and um, you know that's they would be you know in Mexico and they'd be having a tea party and all of these things that we used to think about as children and so I think you know much of the daydreaming um method is that you're almost sort of allowing your inner child to come out and play a little bit and inner child is something that we all tend to tend to push down and squash down um and actually we need to be inviting that inner child out on a daily basis um to make sure that they know that they are loved that they are are too sort of you know being nurtured um but also you know if they are taking control um to sort of know that actually it's adult you now that needs to be calling those shots talking about children um i've just spent a wonderful weekend at camp festival and do you know what it's done so much for my soul in terms of taking some time out from the real real world it is the real world and having fun and spending time on a level with small humans who just get how to do this living by the intuition and living by play and, and seeing through, through their eyes, basically. 